0: Welcome to The Atypical Leader with Rick Brennan, where we talk about harnessing what makes you unique and maybe even a little odd, while at the same time dismantling the notion that you have to be a certain type of person or act a certain way to be an effective leader.
1: definitely a leader, not a follower. I like the sound of this.
0: It's time for us atypical leaders to come out of the shadows and learn to be proud and confident in what makes us different. I'm
2: proud of who I am. I'm proud of who I am. Atypical Leader
1: starts now.
2: Judy, why are you bothering me?
1: Well, you know, I'm sitting here and it's snowing outside and I thought, what the hell?
2: Let's phone Rick and do a podcast. Really? What do you want to talk about? Yeah. The snow? No, because it's 37 yeah. degrees here. Oh, lucky you.
1: I know. Lucky Go. you. I know. It's good. It's minus one here Celsius, yeah, well. so
2: oh my I God. I wish I okay. could say I don't feel sorry for you or I feel sorry for you, but I don't.
1: I know you don't. I know you. But anyway, shall we do a podcast again? Yes, that's what we're going to do it about on. Okay, we're doing it about harnessing your superpowers. Harnessing that your
2: superpowers. Well, that sounds interesting.
1: Mm-hmm, I thought so. But first, let's talk about uh, the new booklet that you have out.
2: Oh, yes, I do. We have a new book out. It's called 50% of Leadership is Just Being Organized. Oh, your favorite subject. I know it is. It really is my favorite subject. We kind of talk about it to nausea. Yeah, Um, yeah. But the whole point of the book is to really, really, it's really about giving our subscribers a gift, Uh, really really organizing our community so that in the future we can give them, you know, make sure they get the newsletter, make sure they get the podcast and get any updates that are coming and that sort of thing.
1: Okay, so uh, if they subscribe, do they get a digital paper of it?
2: Yes, they do. And but you can the- also buy it on Amazon for two ninety nine but that's really not the purpose of of the book. Uh, like I say, it's really to uh, you know give a little gift to our subscribers and future cool. subscribers.
1: Yeah, cool. okay. Yeah. And it's all about organization. And why do we always talk about organization, Rick?
2: Well, my little chickadee, chickadee. the disease I have. For me one of the many, yeah. Yeah, for me, you know, I have ADHD, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which has causes me to run all over the place, you know, and I need guardrails to keep me in line. You know, it allows my brain to slow down, feel comfortable, be able to take a breath. In my ruminations, another great example, where I need organization just to control my thoughts. I take them, I get them on paper, and it allows me to sleep at night. And I got a full basket of stuff. You know, I've got all kinds of different, you know, cognitive sort of dysfunctions. And, and over time, I've, I guess I've developed my superpower. It's really about teamwork, developing high-performance teams, delegation, keeping my team organized, simplifying things and things like that.
1: So I get it. It's the nature of the beast. Things do need to be in order. For us to be at the best,
2: yes, it is. It okay, is, you know, so. for me, it, it's essential.
1: So, if you can get focus, learn to understand, and then control your neural condition or conditions, they can become your superpower.
2: Well, that's it. It's first, obviously, recognizing what that those neural conditions are, or what those, you know, multiple neural conditions bring to you and bring to the party. For me, it, it was teamwork, and for other people, it's other things. For example, another thing I have is OCD. Uh, oh, yes,
1: I know. But, but yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> You've experienced me <laughs> locking the door five times at night before I go yeah, to bed. I yeah, have. I have. got to double check and double check and double check. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The thing with my OCD, when I'm organized, it really helps that. Or when I double check things, it really helps that. But the problem I have with my OCD is that I also have ADHD. So when I go mm-hmm. to get organized, my OCD is at work, my ADHD kick kicks in and a squirrel. And away I go, and I'm off to something else. So I can never be as totally focused as maybe someone could be who is, I guess, solely dealing with OCD, if that makes any sense. It does. And guess what? We have a guest today to talk about that. We have a
1: guest, and you didn't even know I was going to set up a podcast. That's amazing, Rick. You (laughs) read my mind. Honest to
2: God, isn't that something? (laughs) God, you're good. Oh, my God, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) anyways our guest is andrea fernandez friend Mm of mine uh lives in mexico Mm -hmm. city actually let me why don't we let her tell us about her okay well we should welcome her first
1: hi how are you hi
0: judy and rick hello
2: there here with you i understand there was an earthquake in mexico today
0: oh yeah about an hour ago so we're here um, oh. jumping into a call.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. How do was it very
0: strong? Uh, 5.7, apparently, yeah. but it's in our neighbor um, state, which is Puebla. You can feel it here in Mexico City.
1: Oh, wow. That must have been a bit shocking.
0: Yeah. Especially yeah. <laughs> when we've lived several already in Mexico City, and of the biggest ones. So, yeah, it is scary for me still.
1: Yeah. Right. I can yeah. imagine. So tell us a bit about yourself.
0: Yeah, just as Rick mentioned, I'm currently in Mexico City, Right, but I was born in Costa Rica. I studied international business in a college in the United States, and um, my dad was former headmaster for American schools abroad, so this is why I can speak the language. So so. we were in Costa Rica. uh, We lived some years here in Mexico. Then when I went off to college, my my family moved down to Nicaragua, and they were there for a couple of years. So, And then I continued on with my own life. Oh, okay. That's why you speak English so well. Yes, thank you. Okay.
1: Yeah, I've been trying Spanish for years. I still haven't gotten it. So we'll keep to English. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I,
2: I'm hopeless. Yeah. But anyways, the so reason been, Adrienne is here, Adrienne is a friend of mine, uh-huh. a good friend of mine. And uh, I was at her place. Not so long ago in Mexico City, you know, I was there and I came in, threw my coat down, threw my shoes in the corner and, you know, or in the kitchen and making something to eat. And I opened up the drawers, the drawer of the kitchen. And I looked inside and I went, wow, that's that's pretty organized. You know, the <laughs> the dish towels were folded in a three by three squares in perfect. Oh, order, my God. Color sequenced. You know, everything was Of course, and I went, oh, my God, where's my coat? Where's my shoes? I got to go hang those up or do something with them. Because it was very clear that Adriana was tremendously organized.
1: Well, before we get into all of your organization and your background, uh, business background and everything, I hear that you read Rick's book. Yes,
0: I did. Um, It was actually a very good experience because... Normally, uh, so I had some friends over for Thanksgiving, right? And one of mm-hmm. my friends, uh, they were all girls. Um, and one of them said, wow, your house is like so neat. Everything's in its place. And just, you know, some of them even said, oh, your house always seems so like at peace. It feels wonderful, the vibe. But one of them said, well, but it must be hard to live with you, right? Because <laughs> I'm so organized. <laughs> right. And... Um, from there, you can see that a lot of people think of organized as a um, negative connotation. So mm-hmm. when I read Rick's book, it was. But can I nice. interrupt?
2: So the but when we talk about organization, we're really talking about OCD. I think that's one of the things we we came to right that you you are you have OCD to a, a large degree. If that's the right way to put it.
0: Exactly. So when I read the book and when um, Rick mentioned, well, you must have OCD. I mean, I'm not um, I'm not diagnosed with anything. Mm -hmm. My son is in the uh, autistic spectrum. So, yeah, maybe I am. Right. But I'm one of those persons that had never got diagnosed and just got through life thinking Yeah, maybe it is hard to be me because I always want things organized. So the good thing about reading Rick's book was seeing how all of this OCD that I have and maybe some other things that I have like even no idea that I do have helped me become professionally the person I am because most of the time... You think of yourself in a negative way, right, right. just like my friend said, "Wow, well, it must be so hard to live with you I don't know, you know, I'm happy the way I live, but we would have to ask
2: my kids, maybe is it hard to live with an o c d mom People out there have no problem saying oh that's that's different, so therefore there's a negative connotation that's given that because I'm not like you, it's like a negative thing yeah,
0: yeah, but the the what i after reading the book and Just doing a little bit of internal. That's when I said, Well, you know, I have OCD, but in my professional life, well, in my house, I have everything organized, but in my professional life, this OCD Mm -hmm. has helped me organize CEOs, general managers, and just people around the world, right? And I can organize all sorts of things. Be them uh, physical spaces, time management, you know, all the things that can be organized. Do you,
1: um, do you look at it as a positive trait now as opposed to a negative trait?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That I now see it as a positive trait. And I had never understood why I was the way I was until I read the book. And I said, well, maybe I'm one of those persons, right? That is not diagnosed, Mm -hmm. but has used this trait as a positive thing.
2: Like Go I said ahead. maybe we could see that trait as maybe it's a gift. That instead of looking at at, at these neurological issues that many, many of us have as any sort of a negative, it really is changing that mindset that these are gifts. And and, and Adriana, you're a great example of that. You've turned that gift, even had a business that was all around that. And then now you organize some of the top management people in the world and so on and so forth. And uh, it's it's wonderful. That's what I was going to say. You
1: actually have taken this OCD and made a very good profession out of it.
2: Rick yes, was exactly. Rick was
1: saying before uh, COVID, you had your own business doing um, doing just that, going into companies and personal spaces and organizing people. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like how yeah. how did you how did you turn that into a business?
0: Well, actually, um, it this was way back. I was the executive assistant for a general manager for Latin America, and mm-hmm. I had a little bit of time on my hands and. I asked him, you know, I want to do something else. And and I was actually um, looking to what is my trait, right? What is this right. gift that I was born with? And I've always been organized. So I started looking and found that there is an organizing world. It's a profession in the United States. It's called NAPO, National Association for Professional Organizers. There's um, clinics for unorganized people. They help them get organized Because it all has to do with our brain. I always say I was born organized because as I was little, even my Barbies had their houses organized, right? So I did at that point say, well, I'm going to look and I'm going to see how I can use this positive trait as something, as a profession. And I did. And I found this world and I certified in the United States. And then when I finished that certification, I found Marie Kondo, who's the Japanese guru for organizing. So I certified with her. And yeah, then I came up with my own business here in Mexico and I was organizing people. And um, after the pandemic, more I focused more on companies.
1: Yeah, I know Marie Kondo. She's amazing. But I think it's amazing that you've taken it into a business. How do you balance this superpower when dealing with others that don't have the same way looking at things? Do or they get frustrated, like when you're dealing with a company or even personally? Like, do they get frustrated or do you get frustrated
0: with them, I guess, too? When I'm hired by a company, my job as a a tidying and productivity coach is to navigate with the people and the company sets the standards, right? For example, one company that I was working for, they had already... On theory, they had already implemented the five S's, which are which is a methodology oh. called. You know, most people know it as the five S's of Toyota. So they had implemented that this in theory, but the manager did not know how to take this to like the everyday, right practicality the, of it. Yeah. The, so the five S's of Toyota is there's five words in Japanese that I'm gonna not going to try to um, <laughs> say them, but it's classify, organized, clean, standardize, and maintain. That's really okay. the methodology. All so right. this company in particular, that's what they did. They had implemented these five concepts, but then taking that to the real world, right? The everyday uh, was their challenge. And that's when I came in. And so we had several days working with different people, different areas of the company and organizing everything from establishing a clean desk policy for the entire company, showing people methodologies of how to have their clean inboxes. I think uh, Rick has talked about it in other of his podcasts that you Mm -hmm. can listen to and yeah, just. Little by little, taking them through the entire process until the entire company was organized. Okay, okay.
2: so obviously, I mean, it's a it's a great thing. We, like you say, we've talked about this before, about emails and those type of things are just, just a waste of time and need to be organized and even how you approach them needs to be. But back to the desk, the physical aspect of it, are you saying that everybody in certain companies is asked to have their desk looking the same?
0: Yes, because there are many... Studies made that the productivity of people, for example, and if I were to sit beside somebody who's got a desk full of things, my productivity would diminish. And companies are always looking to for better productivity, right, in their employees. So that is why companies need to set standards for all sorts of things, right? Processes, email and all that, because it will impact not only the person. But their peers and especially if they if you have people like me that are not diagnosed, my productivity is also can also decline
2: due yeah, to the Yeah, but my you can't peers. bring it to the lowest common denominator either. I mean, where is the balance between, yeah, we wanna be organized, we wanna have structure, but I'm still a person. Mm-hmm. I still have families, I still wanna put the picture of the kids up, I still wanna do this, I still I wanna do things that make me most productive. Now I get there's a balance. But I wonder where where do you think that balance is and how do you really create that balance? Because too restrictive is not good either.
0: Yeah, I agree with you in that sense. But, you know, after the pandemic and well, even before the pandemic, companies were starting to work in open spaces. Right. It's even more obvious that you don't go to the office every day. Right. So you go to the offices Mondays and Wednesdays and you decide to sit next to the window and tomorrow somebody else is going to sit in your place. So. You know, working spaces have changed so much that it. I think, yeah, today uh, places are even more standardized. People don't really, you know, keep like the picture of their kids or their dog or a plant because working spaces are open working spaces. So
2: you're never sitting at yeah. the same spot, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That
1: would drive me crazy. I have to have my own desk. That world is changing.
2: There's it. no doubt about it. The people now yeah. work remotely yeah. and do come in. And in fact, we just had a podcast the other day that's not released yet. where We were talking with a gentleman and we were talking about how he's had to evolve as a vice president in a company where it used to be everybody comes into the office and now nobody comes into the office, but he's now asked everybody to come in on a Wednesday. And he's asked him to come in on Wednesday with a very different look at what we're going to do on Wednesday. It's not going to be meeting after meeting after meeting. It's going to be more of bonding, teamwork, building relationships, that sort of stuff so that we can take advantage of that. So you can see now everybody's going to come in on Wednesday, which creates a whole other issue when it comes to space and where do you sit in that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, It just seems so sterile to me. You know, to just walk in, sit at a desk, do your work, go home. What do you I say don't to know.
0: That, I like you,
2: yeah
0: Well, but yeah, I understand and I'm I I'm currently back into that business world. So I have to live with that, right? And right. for example, in my case, I understand you, Judy. I go to the office. We are also invited to go to the office it's on Wednesdays. Um, there's free lunch. Uh, so <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of people go. But I have to, I have that need, right? Maybe because of my OCD. So I try to find like a little space far away from the noise and all the people walking here and there. I mean, I'm not the boss, but I'm close to that. Mm -hmm. So I do get to have sometimes like a little space where I can sit. And I understand you.
2: So Mm -hmm. can I ask you the question though? So when you work with a client or even different CEOs, managers, or whatever they are, I'm sure that you look at what their needs and their objectives are, because we have personality types that so we need to match with their organizational style. Nobody could agree with you more that organization is critical. You know, we got a book yes. coming out on it and all that sort yeah. of stuff, but yeah. that has to be balanced with your need and what is your need that's going to make you more productive. And I think that's the key to the whole thing. Yeah, right?
0: and that's I think organizing is just something that you need. As an executive assistant, right? Because I'm really Mm -hmm. organizing the life, the calendar, the meetings, the everything for a person that is very busy and that has a lot of direct reports, right? Um, So yeah, organizing is just, I think if you're an executive assistant, it's something that you need to either learn or in my case, I didn't even have to learn it. It just comes to me so easy. You must thrive on it. Yes. Yes.
2: But each CEO must have different personality. And I'm sure that you you probably, although the core of your organization is the same, I'm sure there's many differences as well.
0: Oh, of course. Because um, nowadays, as executive assistants, you can be organizing anything. It depends on exactly what you were saying, Rick, right? Executives that will have you manage, I've worked for people who have, I've managed their inbox, their schedule, their just basically their entire life. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's others that will place some limits on that. Some, some of them will say, no, I will handle my own email. Um, so yes, yes. The good thing is I could handle everything, but it's up to them. It's not something that I decide. Right. I right, think, right. is that what you're referring to Rick?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But let's, let's switch gears just a little bit. Cause the whole point of the podcast is Learning what your superpower is, and in your case, Adrienne, it is OCD has caused you to go down an organizational path that is just second nature to you, right? Right. And I think
1: it's first nature.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very well put. Yeah. <laughs> really do. <for sure>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And other people, yeah. uh, I could say mine is is evolved into teamwork, and other people, whatever theirs might be, they've got to discover that. And they've got to learn to structure that in a way that it becomes their superpower. And one thing I love about what you said was that when you read the book, it really flipped your mindset from, you know, where everybody's been criticizing my whole life for making, not really criticizing, but making little jokes about my organization and turn that around to, you know what, this is the best thing ever happened to me. It's given me the skills that have let me excel in my job and in my life and the way I want to run my life. And that's what we've got to install in other people is find, search, track down that superpower that's yours, embrace it, see it as a gift, and run with it. Exactly.
1: I mean, that's what this podcast is all about, is doing that. And you're the best example we've ever had. I mean, you have taken something and you've turned it into a way of life that you can use in your, in your business life. And I think it's amazing.
0: Yep. I think everybody, when we find what we're good at and what we love, then it's no longer a job, right? That's, mm-hmm. There's a phrase. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, organizing for me comes natural. I love it. I have, a, I don't know, I can see things, I can see spaces. And and this is all part of my OCD. And yeah, as, as Rick said, maybe when I was um, young, I would get bullied for having all my books and my, my handwriting, just, I mean, all sorts of things, right? Like, why are you so organized? It's weird for a kid to be so organized. And then during my teenage years, right?
2: And, but, that um, sets but that that's interesting you say that when you go back to that, because those things that happen to us when we're young really install in our mind what's good and bad. And it, I think it takes a long time to get over that. And thank God that, you know, we do, we all do. And that's where we get convinced that we shouldn't be like that. I'm sure there's days, Adriana, back when you were organized like that as a child, when you'd go, "Oh my God, I, I've got to change. I've got to be different. I've I got to be..." A, I, I'm exaggerating, but a mess like everybody else.
0: Yeah. So I think if we find, I mean, if somebody's listening to this podcast and you are in that special situation and you haven't overcome that or you haven't seen your your superpower yet. Maybe that is your superpower and embrace it and take it as a positive thing, right? And just go on because, wow. yeah, we were, yeah. you know, Rake was bullied. I was bullied for being the way I am. But it has a positive. And after reading the book, then that's when I see, yeah, of course, I'm i am a super, I have this superpower and that's why I'm very good at, the, at what I do and what I decided to do even within my company. And right? it makes you happy. Yeah. Bottom yeah. line, that's yeah. it. It makes right? you happy. That's what, what we want to get. You
1: love to do. I mean,
0: how how cool
1: is that? You know, really, when you think about it. You know what? I, and I just, that
2: that brings us to another topic that we've talked about is that you're happy, you're content, you love doing what you're doing. It brings us closer to that where fun and work coexist. Right. Yeah. You love doing your job. You love the way that you approach it. You love the whole environment that you've created. And when you got that happening, you can accomplish anything.
1: Yeah. And you've proven that. I mean, look how successful you are. I think it's great. I really do. So, uh, anything else we need to discuss before we say goodbye?
2: Well, I would say, uh, Adriana, you got any words of advice to potential people that are listening? I would say, look for that.
0: Weirdness in you and show it to the world and I am sure that even if the world might say well that's weird but that's amazing right at mm-hmm. some point people will understand that once you accept it and you come out with that superpower that you have and you show it to the world the world will also be able to see the positive
2: well the bottom oh, line true. is we are what we yeah. are so what are you going to do yeah really <laughs> are run with are. it I am who I am, as they say. I think it's all, even a topic I think we got to talk more about, because there's so many, there's a zillion slices and dices of this. Adrienne is organized in her way. I'm organized in my way. And I'm sure there's, like I say, a zillion other people that are organized in their way. So don't say, oh my God, I got to be this or I got to be that. But I think organization in general. Right, Knowing what yeah. you're doing in an organized fashion, you're looking to w- ways not to waste time, to create time, to do those common sense things, it can help anybody in any job, in any situation.
1: Okay, that's it then. Well, yeah. it was great to have you on. It was great meeting you.
0: Thank you for having me. It was really fun. And um, I wish you a lot of luck, Rick, with your new book.
1: But uh, yeah, take care of yourself. It was really great to talk with you and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon.
2: Thanks for joining us today and listening to another episode of Atypical Leader. If you haven't already done so, like, share and follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. By liking and sharing, you will help other Atypicals find all of us so we can all start to leverage the stories, strategies and strengths of what make us all unique. Keep listening and remember, take charge and push away those self-doubts. Leverage what we're talking about. Be confident in who you are and proud of what makes you unique. So join me, Rick Brennan, and my co-host Judy Sims on the next episode of The Atypical Leader. And don't forget to get your copy of the book, The Atypical Leader, Harnessing the Power of Neurodiversity on Amazon. To learn more about us, leadership, and neurodiversity, please go to our website, atypicalleader.com.
1: Thanks for listening. Let's do it again next week.